The Right Gear, Episode 6. Conversations with Jane Espenson and Kelly Sue DeConnick. Hello and welcome to The Right Gear on Hologram Radio, a new podcast for writers that's all about the digital and analog tools we use to write. From computers and apps to pens and journals, this podcast explores them all. I'm your host, Kay Tempest Bradford, science fiction and fantasy author, freelance technology journalist, media critic, and lover of gel pens. In this episode, I talk to two iconic writers, TV writer and producer Jane Espenson, and comic book writer Kelly Sue DeConnick. I had the fortune of meeting them both at Geek Girl Con in Seattle a few years ago, and that's when these interviews were recorded. Stay tuned for two very interesting conversations. My first interview is with screenwriter and television producer Jane Espenson. If you love genre TV, then you probably recognize her name. She's written many people's favorite episodes of Once Upon a Time, Warehouse 15, Buffy, Firefly, Angel, Dollhouse, Gilmore Girls, and more. Hey everyone, this is Tempest, and I am here at Geek Girl Con talking with Jane Espenson. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know Jane Espenson's work, it's because you haven't been reading the title cards of all your favorite (laughs) TV shows. And I will give you a very quick overview. Uh, Jane was a writer and producer on Buffy Mm -hmm. the Vampire Slayer for many years. Um, Some of the more recent work was on Torchwood Miracle Day. Yes. And um, right now you're working on, is it a web series called Husbands? It's a series called Husbands. Okay. uh, It's at CW Seed. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So you have to check out Husbands, which is on right now. Yeah. And um, you have to check out Buffy if you haven't. Like, no one who's listening to this hasn't checked out Buffy. That's right. just... Just gonna wave that aside. <laughs> <laughs> so Jane, um, since you're a television writer, mm-hmm. a lot of the people that we interview for this podcast are like short story writers, novel writers. So their mode of writing is probably a little bit different from yours. Tell me a little bit about like um, how you use tools to like start with the script writing process and as you go through production and stuff. It's actually it may be more similar than you realize to uh, to short story writers because once the script is ready to be written, you leave the writers' room and you go. Generally, you go home. Mm-hmm. So I write flat on my back. I write on my laptop, on my bed, propped up with pillows, but mm-hmm. but not too propped up. I'm pretty flat on my back. Hmm. Um, okay. With the laptop on a little um, one of those little desky little lap desks you get that can angle it up for you, mm-hmm. so it's sort of angled toward me. And I la- my belief is I don't want any muscle to be tense except my brain. Okay. So everything is just totally relaxed and floppy and flying flat, and I write that way in hour-long bursts using Final Draft, because mm-hmm. that's sort of the, the screenwriting program that most of the shows that I've worked with prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I have enough written that I feel that I would benefit from reading it, I tend to print it out uh, and take it with me uh, to restaurants. And I'll sit in a restaurant and eat a lunch and linger for an hour or two and write in the margins, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then I go home and lie flat on the bed again and type in my changes. Awesome. Yeah. What kind of computer do you have? I have a MacBook Pro. Okay. Everyone yeah. loves the MacBook. Uh, yeah, it's light enough, and mm-hmm. it's sort of universal enough that if you have any troubles, you, it's easy to find people who have a similar one and figure out what's going on. Right. Yeah. And um, so you print out when you're ready to like do some editing. Have you ever right. tried using an iPad for that and just found that it just didn't work for you? I haven't tried it. When I got my iPad, I asked, like, do you have 
does Final Draft come on this? And at that point it didn't. So I was like, all right, I guess this will be for playing Angry Birds and the computer will continue to be for writing. I, I hear since that there is some sort of, they have Final Draft a version for the iPad. I just haven't tried it. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, um, when you do print it out and you and you go to a restaurant, is there any favorite pen that you have that you love that you're like, this is my pen for editing? Uh, no, I'll grab whatever pen there is, but I am a fan of the kinds that are um, that have a nice sort of liquidy kind of ink, a good, firm, dark, shiny line. Okay, so you yeah. like jelly ink pen? Yes, pan? a yes. jelly ink pen will be, yes. I'm a exactly. big fan of jelly ink as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So when you're um, when changes have to be made, like when a show is in production, etc., do you still are you still working at Final Draft, or are you working with paper drafts by then? Um, you you know, you're with Final Draft all the way to the end. Um, if you are on a set and you realize the line has to be changed, then you usually write that in pen on the margin of the script, and you either show it directly to the actor, mm-hmm. or if you have time, you run off to your lap book. You type it in, mm-hmm. you send it to the production office, and they print out a page that then gets distributed back to the same actor you could have just handed the line to. <laughs> so I'm a big believer in just doing it. Right, just to write it on the thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, and I love the idea of like you just you have to be relaxed. Everything except yeah. for your mind. Yeah, I agree. And some people like they they write on a treadmill. And, oh, and I have total silence. Mm-hmm. I don't have music playing. People, oh, wow. Other people like to write with a soundtrack. It's like no, that I can feel part of my brain being used to filter out the sound. Mm, and I need to hear the characters. For me, it's a very auditory process. I'm literally, I suppose it's not literally, but it feels like literally hearing the characters speak. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything so I can't hear them. Right. Um, I can, if I really need to write something fast, like, like you've got eight hours to write this, Sometimes I find it beneficial to go to the Beverly Hills Library and sit in the reference room. And so I'm surrounded by other people working, and there's that mm-hmm. sort of, general light rumble of people whispering and stuff but not enough no music no people talking um and i can do that and that's a good way if if i need to be doing concentrated writing for three or four hours sometimes it helps to be there um if i'm at home i tend to do the writing sprints as you see me do on twitter if anyone follows at jane espenson i'll announce okay the next hour we're all just going to work on one project total focus (laughs) and i think that's a really good writing tool that's under undervalued. People think, I'm going to write till I finish this act, or I'm going to write, fin- write till I finish this scene. Mm-hmm. You can make that extend forever. If yeah. you say, I'm going to write as fast as I can for this next hour, you'll end up writing three scenes, and you won't even believe how much you got done. Yeah. 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 We, it, often when I go to writing retreats, we'll do, you know, like 15 minutes go. And yeah. You just like, you know, write however many words you can get in 15 minutes. I think that is so valuable, and not enough writers do it. You, yeah. could, you can write a lot faster than you think you can. As long as you know, in an hour I'll be done, and I can watch an episode of Project Runway or something, right? <laughs> uh, or eat a cookie, or maybe I'll be so into it I'll just want to keep going. Mm-hmm. But it's just about let, getting yourself to start, right? Yeah. So you do this on Twitter? Yeah, mm-hmm. I announce it on Twitter, like writing sprint. In 28 minutes, we're gonna all start writing for an hour, and that way I've promised I have to do it. I can't put it off, <laughs> and I can't just keep on playing around on Twitter because everyone on Twitter knows I'm supposed to be writing. Right. Yeah. They're like, what do you, wait, did you just tweet something about, yeah. about Grumpy Cat? No, yeah, no, no. Exactly. Writing is right now. Exactly. Keeps you honest. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. That was really fun. I love talking <laughs> about this stuff. Yeah. Every, I have been surprised at like how much people love talking about like all the things that they, yeah. like they do. Oh, and by the way, a writer friend of mine, a novelist, swears on the, the dragon, whatever 
one naturally the, speaking na- yes. dragon naturally speaking i think mm-hmm. that's the right uh and swears that it's a really good tool and i've always wanted to try it being able to just speak speak your script out loud i haven't i haven't done it i haven't tried it yet i like my personal methods but mm-hmm. in the back of my mind there always is like if i get old and arthritic and i can't type anymore <laughs> i want to try that because i think it sounds kind of brilliant cool well yeah. if you do try it you have to let i me will know. report back all right cool okay. thank you so much thank you My next interview is with comic book writer Kelly Sue DeConnick. In her productive and illustrious career, she's worked on series and one-shots of Captain Marvel, Avengers Assemble, Spider-Man, Supergirl, Superman, and many, many others. She's currently working on Bitch Planet and Pretty Deadly. At the time of this interview, she was still writing Captain Marvel. I am here at Geek Girl Con, and I am talking to Kelly Sue DeConnick. She is a comic book writer. She works for Marvel right now, and you're doing Mar- uh, Captain Marvel and Avengers Assemble, correct? I do Captain Marvel and Avengers Assemble for Marvel, and I do uh, Pretty Deadly with Emma Rios at Image. Awesome. Um, and I also am still co-writing uh, Ghost at Dark Horse uh, with Chris Sabella and Ryan Soup. You know that. Awesome. So you have like a lot of projects you're sort of juggling. I right? do. I do. That was a very bad call on my part. That was a huge, huge mistake. You keep you busy. So. Yeah. So what um what are the basic tools that you use to write? Like, are you the type of person who who likes to do longhand first, or for brainstorming, or do you go right for the computer? I I use a lot of things. I I keep all my notes in composition notebooks, um, mm-hmm. old school composition notebooks, and I will sometimes use Nova Mind. Uh, which is a mind mapping software. That's usually something that I use at the beginning of a project to just kind of figure out like what my pitch is and what my take is. So I'll make a big mind map about these are the themes I want to explore. This is, these are my ideas. And, and this is, you know, organization of the world and the arcs. And then I write in Scrivener. Mm-hmm. Um, We're big fans of Scrivener yeah, on this podcast. <laughs> I write in Scrivener. Um, I use Anthony Johnston's comic script writing template mm-hmm. in Scrivener. I have been encouraged to learn uh, Final Draft, but I have not. What else do I use? I guess hardware. Uh, uh, oh, I'm a big Evernote user. Oh, yeah. Well, how do you use Evernote? Evernote? I have a, a Evernote notebook for every project, mm-hmm. um, and I dump everything in there, mm-hmm. and it's not very well uh, organized at all, and it <laughs> drives me crazy, but Evernote is so easy to search. I have a lot more luck, you know, like like I, I will need reference for, okay, so Carol, Carol Danvers' hair is the bane of my existence, <laughs> all right? Okay. Um, and... And I have a very set idea about how I think it can work, like, mm-hmm. and um, and it is not consistent across the line. And <laughs> people just yeah, just Google and and then they and they use that for reference. And then she ends up with like this really short faux hawk, which is super cute, but isn't consistent with the you know. <laughs> so it drives me nuts. So I have I've made this decision that. Uh, that she can change her hair the same way she changed her, her costume. Okay. You know, that it's just like part of her powers. But that, but, but that's like a no prize validation. <laughs> like it's not. I, that was not ideally my hope. Mm. Um, because she is a flying character, I really wanted her to have long hair because I, mm-hmm. I think it helps to accent that movement. Okay. Um, and those of you listening on the podcast can't see me wiggling around in my chair, but that's <laughs> what I'm doing, trying to explain. Uh, but, you know, like like a mermaid in the water. Like you know, it helps. Yeah. 
helps with that that idea of motion. Um, and then the helmet coming up and creating the mohawk, I love because I think it looks super fierce. Mm-hmm. But uh, and and I think it has. I think the helmet has two purposes. First of all, she's nearly invulnerable. Uh, so she, you know, she could fly face first into the into the atmosphere and be fine. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. You right. know, so uh, I could go skiing and my face isn't going to come off, but it still burns. Right. You know? When so, you're coming down the mountain. Yeah. So um, I think that uh, uh, having some layer of protection there is good. But I also think that there is like a, a kind of Braveheart, like war paint thing idea <laughs> of to it. You know, yeah. having the the helmet come. Have you ever seen Chris Sims had this line about about like when when Wonder Woman gets out the scrunchie like <laughs> when, 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 when a woman puts her hair up like right. oh it's like, on now well, you know off because yes yeah and um um and I think that that's a thing with Carol like when the helmet comes up oh you a dead man <laughs> um so so I like that and I liked having like the Mohawk warrior reference and also you know the the, the old Cree helmets had that Mohawk um, mm-hmm. fin. And um, and so I, I really wanted to, to echo that. However, if you do it, if you give her the, the short hair and do it, it looks like a banana clip. <laughs> and I hate banana clips. Don't we all? Oh my, apparently not, because everyone keeps drawing them, which makes me nuts. Oh, so so um, so when you like you get like sort of reference pictures that you put in your yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you share them oh, you're yeah. like this is what her hair should look like but, and yeah do. so I found <laughs> um, pictures of long mohawks and like uh-huh. you know and 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 then I hand drew over them with sharpie <laughs> this is what it looks like when the helmet's on okay. and so like if I need to send that I can never find what I've done with those pictures and I need mm-hmm. to send them out frequently I can never find them so I finally had some success when I started using um, Evernote. So I would keep reference for all my different projects in in the in the, the various notebooks. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and then like Emma and I share the pretty deadly ones. So we'll put mm-hmm. pictures in there to, to show back and forth to each other. Oh, that's really cool. Because I, I, I use Evernote a little bit, but I um, have also seen where you know, the search function can be very useful and they also have the thing where you can like take pictures of your notebooks and then it'll like actually translate your handwriting and then index that. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have a, I have the, the Moleskine. Oh, okay. uh, Which I guess is actually pronounced Moleskina, interestingly. I I always thought it was just Moleskine. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's got an E in the end. Okay. Um, But I, I, someone told me it's pronounced, it's, it's it's actually pronounced Moleskina. I don't know Mm. that to be a fact. Anyway, um, I have the Evernote Moleskine notebook um, but I have never done that. I have mm. never actually used it in the way that it is meant to be used. <laughs> I have like the little stick. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> These, yeah. yeah, the stickers are a little weird, but I do, I do like just the idea that you'll be able to write and then have it index yes. when written because then it makes it again with the searching so much easier to find and then like exactly. deal with it. Exactly. Cool. What kind of computer do you use? Uh, I have a iMac on my desk, and I have. The smaller Air, I don't remember. Oh, the 11-inch one? Yes. Okay. Um, and I have my iPhone that I'm married to and my iPad that I use um, mm-hmm. mostly for reading comics. I started playing with a notebook app, I think like the the Bamboo. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, There's it, one from Bamboo, yeah. Yeah, I think it was that. I, and I started like... 
well, let's see, can I actually, because, you know, how do you rest your hand on the, because I rest my mm -hmm. hand on whatever I'm writing on. And so yeah. Like, can I rest my hand and write on, on an iPad that's pressure sensitive? How does that work? Yeah. And it, it worked. Um, I did okay with it. Mm -hmm. I don't see it replacing a notebook for me. It, it was mostly like. Just an experiment. Yeah. You know, I, 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 am, I you... love toys. Yeah. I love gadgets. I can get so easily distracted. <laughs> what pins and paper and. Right. You know. Did you use like one of the capacitive styluses when you were doing that? Or did you use like the one from the, the bamboo one from Wacom or did you use like just some no, random no, one? Some pink stylus I bought at Office Depot because it was pink. I was like, hey, this cute. is awesome. Yeah. There, there are many, there are hundreds of them. Hundreds. Yeah. And then of course, like I've, I've gone into great detail in line about like all the different ones and how they like are good or better for writing or terrible or whatever, but it's, yeah. it's a whole thing. It's I almost, check this out. It's, it's almost like the same level of sort of detail you have to get into when you're dealing with fountain pens as well yeah. which people can go on about fountain pens right forever i love uh, fountain pens in theory mm -hmm. um but i have never found one that i i liked the flow of mm -hmm. um which kind of bums me out uh and also i've i've traveled with a couple of letters that is a huge mistake that yes. is a terrible <laughs> terrible like, unless you like are really committed to yeah. knowing how to do that don't do that, that yeah is, don't know <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I am anxious to check this out. This yeah. is the kind of thing that I really like. Awesome. All thank right. you very much. Thank you again to both Jane Espenson and Kelly Sue DeConnick for the excellent conversation. What did you think of Jane's particular process of relaxing her whole body before starting to write? And do you, like Kelly, use Evernote as part of your writing process? Let me know by tweeting at WriteGearCast on Twitter or leaving a comment on Facebook, or going to www.therightgear.com, clicking the episode link, scrolling to the bottom, and poking the feedback button. I promise it will not poke back. You'll also find links to subscribe to this podcast as well as the YouTube channel, which you should definitely do. There are many great episodes coming up, including the next one, in which I'll talk about how to use technology to block distractions while you write. Until then... I'm Kay Tempest Bradford, and I challenge you to write a 300-word description of Carol Danvers' best hair day. The Right Gear podcast on Hologram Radio is written and edited by yours truly and produced by head hologram Alex Knight. Our logo was created by Ashley Emma Onstott and made colorful by hologram Michael Norton. Our theme music... Kill Your Darlings was composed by Steve Combs. <laughs>